Shalom, and welcome to the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations weekly Torah commentary series. I'm Rabbi Paul Saul from Congregation Shuvah Yisrael in West Hartford, Connecticut. This week we're going to be discussing Parshat Naso. We'll begin with the text in Numbers, Bamibar, chapter 6, verse 22. This is one of only two prescribed blessings in all of Torah, the Birchat Kohanim. Yivarechecha Adonai Vigishmarecha, Ya'er Adonai Panabelecha Vichunecha, Yiseh Adonai Panabelecha, Vayisem Lecha Shalom. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May Adonai turn his face toward you and grant you shalom. This blessing is so familiar to us, it's part of the morning shacharit, and is traditionally chanted by the Kohanim, the priest on Yom Kippur. Parents also say this over their children on Erev Shabbat. I find it so meaningly, meaningful that at Congregation Shuv Israel, it is our minchag, our tradition, to have a Kohen deliver this blessing every Shabbat at the end of the Musaf service. This blessing is really a very cleverly crafted gem. It becomes particularly evident when studied in Hebrew. The blessing contains an increasing pattern of words on each of the three lines. First there's three words, then five words, and then seven words, and has an increasing pattern of both consonants, 15, 20, and 25, and also syllables, 12, 14, and 16. So the very wording of this blessing creates a sense of meter, order, a sense of climax and of completion. What is ultimately apparent in the recitation of this blessing is that the Kohen serves an appointed and vital yet limited role. He's not a magician generating magic. The Kohen is but a channel for blessing to pass through on the way from the Holy Blessing One to the Jewish people. For that reason, each line begins by mentioning God as the active agent, and the last line explicitly states the words of Hashem. Quote, in this way we are to place my name over B'nai Israel, and so I will bless them. It's interesting that the entire blessing is phrased in the singular, an extremely unusual phenomenon in Torah, which generally speaks to Israel in communal language. So why this particular anomaly? The simplest answer is that Torah does not conceive of any one person to be holy in a way that is different from the holiness of any other being. At the same time, the priestly blessing reminds us of the sanctity of all humanity and the awesome otherness of the God of Israel. This is, of course, an answer that would satisfy the most universalistic spirit of this age. It sounds great, but is it really true? Well, in fact, the Torah makes a point of establishing unique roles, not only for Israel as a whole, but also within Israel. The entire book of Vayikra establishes the role of the sons of Aaron as priest, as does this blessing itself. And the blessing follows the precise details of Nazarite dedication, a path to a greater exhibition of holy behavior and commitment to Hashem. Torah establishes very specific leadership positions, and much of the book of Bamibar exposes the folly of transgressing godly leadership. In fact, this very idea is expressed by the villainous Korach, at the time he incites mutiny against Moses, 
he speaks to the masses and says, aren't all of Israel holy? Holy, yes, but the same? I don't think so. I think there's a more plausible explanation, though. And that is that it's not always possible or even wise to extend the very same blessing to everyone in a uniform fashion. While the farmer may be anxiously awaiting the, uh, the blessing of rain, for a beachport vacationer, it's not such a blessing. Wealth, good looks, or extraordinary talent might be tremendous gifts for one person, yet a tremendous burden for another. The fact that it's only the designer of all creation and the endower of all gifts and resources who knows what blessing is most appropriate for whom. Therefore, he instructs the Kohanim to bless the people in the singular, so that each person might receive the blessing that is most appropriate for him or for her. To this effect, Rashi comments on the first verse of the Birchat Kohanim, May God bless you and may he safeguard you, by saying that we will be blessed with wealth and talent and guarded from dangers. Though the order may seem incorrect, and an individual might need to be protected before he or she is blessed, not all dangers are physical and external. A person who is given much wealth, for instance, may find that money is their downfall. The coin's blessing then asks, therefore, that we be blessed with much wealth and safeguard against its evil effects. Isn't this what Yeshua meant when he taught us to pray, grant us our daily bread and lead us not into temptation? I often pray for my children that they should never want for that which they need, but never have so much that they would enter in perdition and forget the Holy One as a result. The second section of the blessing refers to Me'or Torah, the light or illumination of Torah. May God enlighten you with the wondrous wisdom of Torah and God's intricate Torah. Having the blessing of prosperity, we can go beyond the elementary requirements of survival. Finally, the third part of the blessing might express Hashem's unconditional capacity to forgive. Again, Rashi explains his prayer, stating, May he suppress his anger toward you. This means that by his countenance being upon you, God will show each of us his very special consideration, even if we're sinful. Therefore, when the Holy Blessing One places his gentle gaze upon us, we can lift our heads even when we're unworthy. This blessing is more than just an ancient link to our tradition. It is an ongoing instruction to rely upon the beneficence of God. On exhibition in the Israel Museum in Jerusalem are artifacts from the excavation of the burial plot from the end of the First Temple period. Among the exhibit is a small, thin, silver plaque the size of a thumb. Inscribed on it, in Hebrew, is the Birkat Kohanim. An observant Jew wore the same prayer that we are blessed with each week, some 2,600 years ago. We are blessed with that very same prayer that has been echoed through countless generations. So much in history changes. Our customs, our styles, and cultures swell and shift radically. But there are three constants upon which we can rely. First, the human heart retains many of the same needs, urges, and concerns throughout time. Second, the God of Israel has not changed or faltered despite our changing perceptions of the divine. And third, the covenant with Israel is still the tie that binds all of humanity to the God 
who gives us his good name, B'nai Israel. This is the greatest blessing of all. This is Rabbi Paul Saul signing off and wishing you in advance Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, please visit umjc.org forward slash commentaries.